0: Welcome to the China Flexpad Podcast.
1: This is Daniel Pedraza. I'm China director at Avens, which is a consulting firm specialized on agri-food in China. On FMB, we have two main lines of business. One is business intelligence. Uh, we do things such as market research reports or regulatory updates. And the second one is marketing and communication for foreign governments when they want to promote their origin in China, or food industry associations such as a meat organization from a country that wants to promote that specific product linked to their origin, to their country of origin, and associated to a series of key merits such as food safety, quality, or any other key merits that is appropriate for the product. I'm Spanish, and I came to China as an intern for the trade agency of my regional government in 2012. And after a few other jobs, including some period at the European Chamber of Commerce in China, I started as a China Director for avians In the, Why China? And this is a question uh, that I get quite often. Uh, In this internship, I could basically choose among offices in many different countries from all over the world, uh, many of them in Asia as well. But I chose China because I wanted to experience something completely different to my culture. It was very... Uh, the, the Chinese culture and the Chinese uh, business environment was quite appealing for me and also because it seemed to be the obvious choice to develop a professional career and provide that value to my CV for this internship period and literally I know uh, back then that I would finally make a career in China and I would stay for, for so long.
0: Daniel, welcome to the China Flexpad podcast. It's really great having you as our first expert in the food and beverage industry. Let's come right to the first question. When we are talking about the F&B sector, what kind of companies are in this industry? And what
1: are you specialized in? Well, China has a massive uh, F&B industry. Um, I'm going to focus for the in, the, in this podcast on imported FMB, because it's the area or the sector that offers more opportunities to foreign for foreign citizens to come to China to work in China, and just um, one fact: China is the. Currently, the second largest importer of F&B products in the world after the U.S. So, as you can imagine, there are a lot of companies doing all kind of things. For example, you have exporters that sell large amounts of their products in China, and having a structure here uh, requires a significant investment, but large. Foreign companies have teams of different sizes that go from one single export manager doing the operations for China or the whole Asian region uh, to large operations with many different departments, locations and, and different activities that they carry out in China. You also have importers and distributors of fmb these companies basically purchase products from one level up in the supply chain. so if you are an importer you buy from the exporter if you're a distributor you buy from uh, an importer of a product and even if you are a very small niche distributor you will buy from other distributors in your area and then they sell it one level down. The closer you get to the consumer, uh, the greater the number of companies uh, that do this and the smaller their size usually. Uh, These companies rarely hire foreigners unless they are founded by a foreign person and then they specialize on products from one specific country or so on. You also have hotels and restaurants that do hire foreigners for key positions. Um, We can maybe talk about it uh, a bit later. You have service providers for the industry, such as my company. This is what we do, and we also hire foreigners. It's great to have foreigners that act as a bridge between the clients and the requirements of the projects and what actually happens in China, the person in China. So foreigners in this sector have many opportunities. And more and more, we also have e-commerce platforms that sell huge quantities of food and drinks. Some of them are generic, such as JD or Tmall. But more and more, we have vertical platforms selling just food or even, for example, wines or anything else, such as Ben Lai or Miss Fresh that are increasingly popular. And these companies rarely hire foreigners, except for the large ones, uh, JD and Tmall, that do have some programs. To hire foreign talents and keep them doing some internship periods, or even hire them long-term. In all cases, there are also self-made businesses that are established by foreigners that also offer opportunities for other foreigners. For example, there are many niche food distributors that specialize on one specific product category, or even a different product categories, but Products from one specific country, and if they're successful, uh, they can grow to a certain extent and hire foreigners as well.
0: Now, China is a vast country. Where are the most important places for the food and beverage scene in China, from your perspective?
1: Well, as you know, the F&B scene in China is important everywhere. Uh, China has a tradition of food and, and, and the cuisine in China has many different regions so I'm going to focus on the important places for foreigners in the FMBs scene. Um, I think I should break it down into two categories for consumption uh, places that are important in terms of consumption of imported FMB. You have big cities which uh, with large income per capita such as Shanghai, Beijing, Shenzhen or Guangzhou, but even also Suzhou or, or Tianjin, for example. These cities concentrate most of the demand of imported FMB, and also as a consequence of this, you have all the companies that distribute them. The headquarters are based there. You have the e-commerce platforms. And generally you know, speaking, you have all the industry gathered around these places. But also, if you take a look at the, at the supply chain, there are also cities with large ports and important distribution hubs for the region. So, of course, Shanghai at Tianjin, Shanghai for all the East area and Tianjin for, for Beijing as well. Guangzhou, obviously, for South China. But you also have uh, Italian or Qingdao. Um, here it depends on your industry. For example, if you trade with fruit, chances are that you will be in Guangzhou or Shanghai. While if you trade meat, you might be in Italian, Guangzhou, or Qingdao, for example. That depends greatly on what you're going to do. Um, if you work at the hospitality industry, then you can find opportunities where tourism is. This includes right now almost everywhere in in China. So there are many different areas, uh, but if I would have to highlight some, I would say the tier one cities are those that offer the most opportunities uh, right now. All right, among all the companies that you just mentioned previously, which of them are actively looking for foreigners on their teams in China? Well, there are uh, several uh, categories of companies that were mentioned before that ha- are hiding uh, now foreigners. Uh, some of them do not, but for example, if we Take a look of hotels, uh, we have international chains that still employ foreigners in certain positions uh, depending on the city and the business of the hotel. For example, in Beijing, uh, where most embassies are, nearly all international hotels employ at least one foreigner, if not more, to liaise with embassies and, and foreign companies for events, accommodation needs, um, among other different uh, services they also hire chefs uh, in, their, in their international restaurants and in many cases also the general manager of the restaurant is a foreigner then you have international restaurants there aren't that many uh, international restaurants that have foreigners see many of them are operated by the owner uh, sometimes the business is established by someone that has already worked in the industry abroad and then goes to china to start their business there. But still, there are some opportunities as well, from marketing to money the restaurants, if there are more than one location from the restaurants, or even chefs working for international restaurants. You also have service providers uh, with clients abroad that usually are speaking English uh, or other foreign languages. Hiring foreigners to work as a bridge between the operation in China and the clients makes perfect sense. This is what we do. Also, foreigners have, I would say, a different set of strengths than uh, Chinese teams. So, having a, when you work as a service provider, having the balance between foreigners and local staff is essential to be successful. And I would say also, exporters uh, also hire foreigners to take care of their operations in China. Unfortunately, it's not unheard of that foreign companies that hire one Chinese person to develop their business in China, and this person is working by themselves. And later, the company abroad find out that this person has been working also for their competitors or have created their own side business using the employer's network. So likely it doesn't happen often, but it's still many companies Prefer to hire a foreigner because the level of trust is perceived uh, differently. So they do have foreigners that speak the language and develop their business in in China for them.
0: Nowadays, what kind of skill sets are highly sought after in your industry? I mean. What should young people study or how should they prepare if they want to get a good job in
1: F&B in China? It's difficult to highlight uh, very specific skills for the industry because different positions will require a different skill set. Of course, a chef must be a great cook, no doubt, while a purchasing manager uh, must be good at negotiating and have a business mind to understand how everything works. Uh, but there's still some skills that I think can apply to almost anyone in the industry, in my opinion. first one would be problem solving. Uh, this is probably one of the main differences that I find between people who has been educated in Western countries compared to China, especially at the entry level. I think the maturity of an average uh, fresh graduate coming from an international background is higher uh, in in most of the 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 aspects uh, that will influence their performance in the company Uh, so just by being able to overcome the many different challenges that will be thrown at this person uh, it's a great asset for any business in in the industry also resilience and adaptability to changes uh, because as you know the speed of change in china is breathtaking and i've never seen i have seen very talented people in business to struggle navigating all the changes that were happening around them and i know that is easy to say but it's hard it's very hard because even if you are very flexible and successful at some point, you can still fail miserably (laughs) due to all these changes that happens that sometimes they're out of your control. Uh, This is especially the case in the F&B industry that is subject to so many changes, uh, either regulatory or or from a different nature, uh, but it changes very quickly, and you have to be able to adapt and change as long as the market is changing uh, with the same speed, and this is a difficult skill to have. Also, you have to be good in communication. I don't mean only to speak Chinese, uh, but also to be able to communicate effectively uh, across the board. Also, to be outspoken, go to events, uh, meet new people. I think this is essential to build a professional network that can take you to your next uh, professional level.
0: All right, let's say somebody is really skilled, for example, a hotel manager is willing to go to China. How can this person find opportunities and apply for the job and then finally
1: get actually hired? There are several ways to get hired in China, uh, but I think that nowadays there are three main ways. Uh, One is to apply from abroad, especially for positions or jobs at hotels, such as the one that you just mentioned. Uh, that value this international background because they try to recreate a similar experience for guests in different locations. So it makes sense to have employees with this international background. Another one is to get a job in your own country at a company that has an office or a position in china and send workers there regularly this happens for example on fmb companies that export significant amounts to china what i was mentioning before about the exporters and they send someone to take care of the business here the third option and this is the one that i recommend the most i think the it's the one that is working the best right now is to come to china study the language or even if you can get an internship there's these uh, combined programs that allow you to study Chinese and then get uh, an internship. And then once you're in China, start networking with people uh, in the FMB industry or any industry you are interested in. And from China, try to get this opportunity. Uh, to network, you have uh, several options. I would say that large cities in China are some of the busiest in the world in terms of networking events or other gatherings that can allow young people to meet other interesting people working on almost any, any industry, especially in the F&B industry that almost any big city is interesting for developing your career. I think this is the way to learn about the hidden opportunities that are not published on LinkedIn or Xiaoping or any other job site. I think this happens especially relevant in China because this happens everywhere. But I think in China, if you have a good network, you can find many more opportunities uh, than if you were to apply this case to any other foreign country.
0: All right, let's say somebody found a great job in F&B in China. What can they expect? What kind of experience will they get? What is it like working in F&B? Can you tell us about the good things, the bad things? Maybe you can also tell us some salary levels, benefits, the overall experience and the working conditions.
1: Sure. Uh, I'm going to start with the bad things to end on a positive note. As the bad thing, I think, the instability. Uh, the f industry at the service level is quite stable. Uh, even if you're working at an extremely successful restaurant, for example, you can find the business shut down in a matter of days or weeks because the local government wants to use the building for a different purpose or for any other reason. Especially if you have lived in Beijing, you have seen this happening for a couple of years now. In many cases, uh, My favorite restaurants were closed one after the other, and they were doing quite well. And this, for developing your career, I think it's a very strong negative, especially if you want to invest in the country. It's not ideal. Now, in the times of COVID, this is even more the case, because you have different regulations applying to different districts even. So it's very unstable at this moment. Also, in terms of conditions, these of course vary widely depending on what you work at. uh, But generally speaking, they are not great. For example, I've known a case of a foreign friend that made about 5,000 renminbi per month, including accommodation and meals at a five star hotel in Beijing, working as a guest relationship manager, basically taking care of foreign uh, VIP guests. In some other areas, some other cities, you may have, of course, higher salaries. It varies a lot on the opportunity you can get. There is no so much market-level salaries. Of course, that happens, especially for Chinese employees, for foreigners. It depends a lot on the need and the value that you can bring to the company for that specific role. So it's difficult to say for an entry-level position, you will get this, and for more experience, you will get that. It varies a lot. In any case, I think that there are two very expensive, things living in China, which are accommodation and schools. So if you are young and you don't have kids, then you will probably be able to do fine. Uh, when I arrived in China uh, as well, myself and most of the people I knew, we weren't making a lot of money and we were able to manage well. Uh, of course, as uh, when you develop, you can grow in your salary and you can develop your career quite rapidly, I would say. But to start out, conditions are not great. Also, holidays, which is especially relevant for foreigners that want to go back to their country. Holidays in China do not work the same as in, in Europe, for example. For new employees, you may not have any holidays or have five days per per year, and that makes it very difficult to go back to your home country uh, for Christmas, for example. But still, if you're young, then you can take the opportunity to use those days to travel around China or to Asia and use Chinese New Year and October holidays to maybe go back home. So it's not ideal, uh, but I think that for young people, it's still worth to come here and to experience this. Now let's go to the good things, uh, because there are uh, many. I think the most important one is the opportunities uh, that you have in China. Because if you are, and this is my personal opinion, but if you are a hard, hard worker and competent, you can probably progress faster in your career than you could do in your home country. Of course, you need some luck as well, uh, but it's possible to develop skills much quicker than in most other places. And if, as I said before, you bring this value to the company, it's easier to get it compensated uh, because there are not that many folks out there that can replace you, to be honest. Uh, this is, uh, I think, what's happening in many companies, especially service providers or uh, hospitality. I see this happening uh, quite often. Also, and again, this is my personal opinion, but I think this is uh, a very enriching experience, especially coming from Europe to live in in such a country. Everything is exciting and there are many good and of course, bad things, but all in all, I think it's an amazing experience. It's not for everyone though, uh, but if you just come with an open mind, you will enjoy it greatly, uh, especially when you are young and you don't have family yet and and you come to China to to live and, and the experience and to get some experience. I think it's, it's the country to be, to be honest. All right, last
0: but not least, What's your personal advice to foreigners who look for opportunities in China, especially in the food and beverage industry? Maybe something that we haven't talked about in the previous questions.
1: My personal advice is to come, enroll in a school or university, study the language for some time and build a professional network and then look for an opportunity from China. Uh, In my experience, if you build this network and you have a profile that is sought after in the market, you will definitely get an opportunity sooner or later. I think here it's important to highlight that you don't need to desperate. Maybe the best, the first opportunity is not what you were looking for, uh, but I think mobility among uh, different positions is um, it's very good in China. So you can take a job for some time, and if you don't like it too much, you can progress and get a better position at a different organization that allows you to progress and much faster. But I think that doing this from outside China is hard. And not only because you don't know the knowledge, uh, because you don't know the country. So I said before, China is not for everyone. I've seen uh, a lot of cases of young people that come to China to do an internship. And then after three months, they find out that this is not for them. They don't want to stay. And companies know what this. So they are reluctant to make an investment on bring, bringing a foreign employee from abroad, but if you hire locally, then you know at least that that person knows the basics about the country, how to get around, probably some have some knowledge of the of the local of Chinese of the language, and they will be willing to stay if they're applying for a job there. So I think coming to China first is essential, and then look for opportunities and to progress in your career uh, from within China. Uh, in the meantime, of course, you are learning a language, uh, developing your skills, and Let's be honest, China is a very fine country to live in when you're young, so it's an amazing amazing experience to live here in your in your twenties. Uh, I would also recommend to stay tuned to your flex FlexPad podcast uh, because there is very good advice uh, going on here and uh, many young people can can uh, get really insights from what's going on so I encourage them to keep following you
0: well Daniel, thank you so much for uh, taking the time today. I hope Uh, you were able to inspire a lot of young people in F&B from all over the world to eventually take this big step to improve their career in China. I will put your contact details in the description of this episode so all the people can reach out to you if they have any more
1: questions. Thank you again, Daniel. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and have a good day. This was
0: the China FlexPad podcast. I am Patrick. And I am Francis. We share the best advice of professionals in China to help you find a successful career path in China. Our guests tell you real-life problems and possible solutions for your professional and personal life in China. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll come back for the next episode. If you don't want to miss the next episode and enjoy more China and Korea related content, connect with us on LinkedIn. Bye bye. And zaijian.